Welcome to Come and Reason, a podcast about life, ministry, and God's continuing work in the minds of His people. I'm your host, Joe Henson, and this podcast is presented by DeclaringGlory.com. In this very first episode, I sat down with David Mainsmith, a member of our church, to discuss his personal testimony of faith in Christ and the work that God has done and is doing in his life. This past year, David was diagnosed with ALS. This is the first in a two-part interview. Well, David, it's so good to be with you today. Thank you for setting up the time for us to get together like this. Um, we want to spend some time asking you a few questions and thinking with you about what God's doing in your life. But why don't you just start with how have things been going lately? What's, what's going on in your mind and heart? What do you want to share with us to start with? Well, uh, this week we went over to uh, uh, Duke's uh, ALS clinic mm-hmm. and uh, met with Dr. Lee. And every time we go over there, uh, it's, it's about a six-hour visit. It's kind of a long day. Mm. But um, uh, they always do a, a breathing test. You know, mm-hmm. they do a test that uh, reflects your lung capacity. And uh, I know the first time I went over there, I think it was like 67%. And the next time I went over there, it was uh, in the mid-50s. Okay. And this time it was like 43. So uh, that's something that's not getting better. Mm -hmm. And uh, Dr. Lee kind of surprised us a little bit. She said, uh, based on what she's seeing, I probably have about six months left. So um, it's um, uh, time to, you know, reflect a little bit mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. pray that, you know, God gives me the wisdom that I need to um, uh, finish well. And that's what we hope to do. Yes, sir. Well, as you have pointed to, this is all due to a recent diagnosis with ALS. And it's the reflecting that we're talking about is key. Um, let me go back kind of the beginning of your, your story of your, your life in Christ. And I thought I'd like to ask you, when, when and how were you converted? Because what we're talking about, we're going to build to some things of these questions, but, but why don't you start with how were you converted? When did that happen? And uh, what do you understand the gospel of Christ to be? Sure. Well, I, you know, I feel very fortunate to have been brought up in a family that uh, went to church every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went to a Baptist church. I think it was, I, I don't know what the name of it was, but mm-hmm. um, we were always there. Um, uh, every Sunday morning, Sunday evening, and Wednesday night, we were in church. And I really consider that to be a, a very fortunate thing. Amen. Because um, even though I didn't understand everything that was going on, I, I heard a lot of good um ideas and uh, uh, a lot of things that I think really over my lifetime have kept me out of trouble and uh, you know things about drinking and gambling and drugs and um, but I also heard a lot about the gospel now is something that you know at first I didn't understand and later on um, uh, I happened to go to a, uh, a summer camp. Mm-hmm. Um, it was up in New York, and it was um, 
on what they called the Finger Lakes. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember just a couple things about that summer camp. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a little cabin. There was probably half a dozen of us boys in that cabin, maybe a little more. But um, I remember a, a huge lightning strike. <laughs> and um, it hit a, a tree just outside of our little cabin and uh, really did serious damage to that poor little tree. Um, and then I also remember uh, writing my father a letter that I had accepted Christ as my Savior. Hmm. I had no idea really what that meant. It was just kind of a response to something somebody wanted me to do. And, and uh, uh, although I didn't really understand it, I think it was a beginning point where the Holy Spirit began working on my heart and mm. my life. And um, so it was still a very meaningful time for me. Mm -hmm. It was maybe uh, in my early 30s I began teaching uh, Sunday school at Calvary Church in uh, Charlotte. And um, Martin Hewitt was... Uh, one of the Sunday school teachers there also, and his wife, and it was great to get to know them. He, at the time, was the head of, um, uh, it was either Jars or Wycliffe Translators, I'm not sure which one, mm -hmm. but um, he was a man, just had a wonderful testimony, and, and uh, I used to, to listen to him and, and wish that I understood the gospel like he did. And I was, you know, teaching a, a, a group of boys. And, and um, so one day, this was a real concern. I, I uh, sat down and uh, said to myself, well, you know, I, what I'm going to do is make a list of everything that Jesus said that we ought to do, <laughs> you know, reading through all four Gospels. Yeah. And uh, so I... You know, listed things like, um, you know, take up your cross daily and uh, mm -hmm. love your neighbor as yourself and many, many other things that Christ said that we should do. I said, okay, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> and um, found out it's a little bit easier to say you're going to do something like that <laughs> than it is actually do it. Yes. And uh, that, I think, really was the beginning of my understanding uh, my sinfulness. Mm -hmm. And uh, my um, uh, lack of, you know, um, there's a, a Bible verse that's, uh, you know, all have sinned and come mm -hmm. short of God's glory. Mm -hmm. We don't even miss a target. We <laughs> actually miss getting to the target. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we can't even get to the target, let alone hit <laughs> it. And um, uh, our... Hearts just so many times just aren't right. And uh, that leads us to be selfish and um, ill-tempered at times and, um, and just uh, not trusting God and, and just so many things. But um, this was a, a really significant starting point for me. And uh, as I dug in, to really what the gospel was, I, I discovered, you know, this is the primary teaching of Jesus Christ. 
this was really his message to the world. And um, this is really his mission to the world. Um, so many of us who have grown up in church are very familiar with the Bible verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God did not send his son into the world to, to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And um, the thing that I've, I focused on probably for a number of years was, okay, what does it really mean to believe in Jesus? Mm -hmm. You know, um, there's a lot of people who believe about Jesus. Um, James kind of uh, alludes to the, the point, the idea that even Satan believes about Jesus. Right. I mean, Jesus was a real historical person. Um, and lots of people believe that he existed. And is that the same as believing in Jesus? Um, R.C. Sproul uh, taught a, a lesson that I thought was very meaningful about this. And he said the, um, the Greek word there uh, is the word ace. And um, it could have been translated, believe into Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that is significantly different than just believing about Jesus like we believe about George Washington or Abraham <laughs> Lincoln. But that doesn't really change our lives. Right, right. And um, so um, that's something to really think about. Um, but I came up with kind of an acronym mm -hmm. based on the word gospel. Mm -hmm. And what I've said so far is really good news. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. think that's what God really intended for the gospel to be is, is good news. It is good news to the world. I mean, imagine what if God didn't really love the world mm -hmm. and really wanted to just destroy us. Uh, but that's not it. That's not it at all. Well, the O, G is good news, O is only. And Jesus said that he was the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through him. That he is the only way of mm -hmm. salvation. Um, that's not a popular idea today. Hmm. We, right. like, we like lots of choices. But uh, the Bible says that there's a way that seems right to a man but it leads to death. And we have to be very careful because we don't think like God thinks. And the Bible says that. Uh, it says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways, my ways. God, God thinks differently than we do. And he does things differently than what we think he should do. And we're not going to judge God. I think there's a lot of people who think when they get to heaven, they're going to tell God off or something. Mm -hmm. And that's a bunch of baloney, mm -hmm. but he will judge us. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the big things that the, the gospel addresses, and, is, and this is the letter S, is the problem of sin. Um, Jesus said, for out of the heart um, come evil thoughts, 
murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. Um, so he's saying that we have a heart problem. Mm-hmm. So it's a problem actually much, much worse than uh, cancer or leprosy or ALS or any disease you can think of because it's a spiritual permanent problem. And um, it's, it's, a, it's something that we can't change on our own. We can't, we can't correct that on our own. Paul wrote, all of sin, and the wages of sin is death, but God's gift to us is eternal life. Well, the, the P in, in uh, the word gospel uh, stands for providence. And, um, yeah, that's very, very important. Um, God's absolutely holy. He can't allow anyone or anything that isn't holy into his presence. David wrote, Who may ascend to the hill of the Lord, who may stand uh, in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart. Jesus said, Unless your righteousness exceeds that, of the scribes and Pharisees um, and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Um, the scribes and Pharisees, of course, they were the experts at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, uh, they were the, the best that there was, I guess. And uh, he looked at him and he said, you guys are a bunch of whitewashed tombs. And... Yeah. Um, you appear beautiful on the outside, mm. but inside you're full of dead men's bones and all kinds of mm. corruption. And that's very important because it's, it, it, it uh, shows how God isn't impressed with how tall we are or how good our tan is. or um, he, he isn't impressed with anything, you know, how successful we've been in life or how much money we've accumulated. None of that is of interest to him. He looks at our heart wanting to see holiness. And um, at one point, the disciples said, well, who then can be saved? And um, Jesus looked at them and he said, with man it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. You know, God did the impossible for us. He did something that we wouldn't even imagine in sending his own son. Um, who, would, who would sacrifice her own son for anyone or anything uh, or any child? But God did. He, he put on, on his son our sin and sacrificed his son for us. That's an incredible thought. Uh, that that, I mean, it's just a love that we don't understand, and um, I think that 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 is um, something that reflects this idea that he really does not want anyone to perish. He wants everyone to go to heaven. He wants heaven to be full. I believe there's going to be billions of people in heaven, and. Um, of course, there's room for, for one more, as the mm-hmm. song sings. Um, we believe Jesus can save because he has the authority to save. He has the power to save. He has the right to save. 
And he's promised to save. Uh, he paid for our salvation on that cross of Calvary. He proved his power over uh, sin and death by his resurrection. And so um, there is uh, tremendous, tremendous love of God reflected in all that Christ did and all that he was. Um, Jesus talked a lot about eternity. He didn't come to save us just for a year or two or a hundred years, but for all eternity. And I um, said that he had gone to prepare a place for us. And uh, it's, I think, you know, there's a lot of beautiful places in this world. Um, and we go and they're sort of a reflection of who God is and uh, what he loves. Uh, when we see a, you know, a beautiful ocean or a beautiful forest or a spring or whatever, river, it, there's a lot in this world that is a reflection of God's love. But when we get to heaven and we see a world apart from sin, it's going to be something that we can't even imagine, something even so much more beautiful. And it's going to be for all eternity. Um, and then the most precious thing uh, that God offers us is life. Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. Um, salvation is through faith, of course, and uh, not a membership or a sacrament. I know recently you've talked a lot about what faith is. Um, and uh, you preached some some really good sermons on it. I um, I've been fascinated with that subject for a long time because we're saved by faith. We walk by faith. Uh, we live by faith. We're justified by faith. It's a source of joy and assurance. Um, it's the key to answered prayer. Uh, Hebrews eleven six says, "Without faith, it's impossible to please God." And um, Jesus talked an awful lot about faith, I believe. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that's been hid in a field. I believe he was talking about faith there. That faith is more important than any treasure that we could come up with. There's a verse that says faith is more of more value than gold. There's a pearl of great price. I believe he was alluding to the value of faith. And faith, in a way... It, you know, it has a birth point. Uh, it's a decision. I came up with a definition for the kids in our Sunday school class. I said that faith is uh, a decision to believe based on knowledge, agreement, and trust. But faith was only as strong as the person or object that it was placed in. Amen. And, um, you know, Buddha didn't promise to save us. Muhammad mm -hmm. didn't promise to save us. Only Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose from the dead and proved his ability to save us. Amen. Brother, uh, you um, talked about the gift of grace in salvation. I'm curious, as the Lord, through your parents, led you to attend the church and go to camp, and then the Lord led you into a church where you learned from this teacher, that uh, this other Sunday school teacher, you said you wanted to understand the gospel like him, how the Lord gave you, uh, over time, this understanding of the gospel. Um, what 
other influences would you note along the way that the Lord has, by His grace, used to shape you, your thinking, and to give you such a, a passion for the clarity of the presentation of the gospel that you just shared with us? Well, I, I really believe that um, when we um, make a decision of faith, that God doesn't save us to just go on with our life like mm -hmm. usual. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he wants us to turn our lives around and to serve him. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's very important to be in a local church mm -hmm. and serving that church. Mm -hmm. And um, a wonderful way to do that is by being involved in children's Sunday school and teaching mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. uh, I hardly know of a church anywhere that isn't desperate mm. for <laughs> children's workers and for mm -hmm. children's teachers. Mm -hmm. And um, you don't have to know everything in the world. Um, and maybe, maybe that's why I used to spend sometimes 15, 20 hours a week wow. working on my Sunday school lessons for, for fifth graders. Uh, because I really myself wanted to learn, mm -hmm. and I wanted to teach them good things. Uh, mm -hmm. There's been too much Sunday school literature that is almost um, entertainment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, my goal has always been to teach the children, you know, why we believe what we believe, mm -hmm. and um, to, to really convince them to believe. Um, I focused a lot on why we believe in God, why we believe in the Bible, um, why we believe in Jesus Christ. I recently went over to, to Israel. Well, I say it was recently, the end of, um, I think it was the end of 2020. Our tour guide there was an Israeli man and um, really nice guy. He was tall and older than I um I think he was 75 or so. He could outwalk the whole group. I mean, he, 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 even the young people. He was just a very healthy, strong young man. And um, one day I asked him um, uh, about what he believed. And I, I said, you know, what we're seeing here in Israel right now is just a miracle. Uh, thousands and thousands of people coming from all over the world, and um, the reason they're, they're coming is because of Jesus Christ. I mean, there's a few coming from other places for other reasons, but primarily most of those people are Christians coming to see where Jesus lived and died and uh, rose again. Um, I said, this would not be happening if Jesus Christ wasn't really who hmm. he said he was. And if he really, if the miracles were, were just a story, like some college professors want to say, or if Jesus wasn't a real person, this wouldn't be happening today. The church would have never started. He would have never been crucified. Uh, he would have never been hated. I mean, why do people still hate Jesus today? you got to ask yourself that. Mm -hmm. And it's because he really was God come in the flesh. Mm -hmm. How did he respond to that? You know, unfortunately, he didn't have too much to say. Hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of Israeli people coming to Christ. Mm-hmm. And uh, our hope is that more and more will. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. So it sounds like along the way, the Lord has used uh, teachers in your childhood, mm-hmm. fellow teachers as you were becoming a teacher yourself, and, and has uh, over time used you in teaching young people yeah. and now in evangelizing. Are there any specific, maybe noteworthy turning points in your journey of your walk with Christ that as you look back, you say, this was, a, this was an important point at which um, there was a greater understanding, there was a, there was a, a light bulb that turned on, there was a, 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 some growth in grace that has begun shaping you for uh, really the, the, the deep waters you're currently going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I did a lot of... Um uh, work with the North Carolina Baptist men mm-hmm. and uh, went mm-hmm. um, to help people after Hurricane Sandy and Edwards and mm-hmm. um, just many, many hurricanes and tornado events and um, really loved working with those guys. Uh, a lot of guys from here in uh, Raleigh, uh, Bayleaf and uh, uh, from uh, Stephen Davies Church, Shepherds. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just really loved working with those guys. But I remember at one point, um, you know, I um, somehow got in a position where I was leading a Bible study at night for him. And uh, I remember on one occasion asking the group, why is it we believe in Jesus Christ? And uh, no one said anything. And I thought, you know, this this is a problem. Yeah. Uh, God loves our faith. He's He wants us to believe, but He's not especially honored by blind faith. It's a and, reasonable faith. Yeah, it's yeah. it's mm-hmm. blind faith is not strong faith. And um, I, I thought, you know, that we got to do something about this. Mm-hmm. I came up with these crazy little bookmarks that I've been handing out all over the world and um, for years. Um, and it, on one side, it talks about what uh, Jesus taught, and the other side, it talks why we believe in Jesus. Amen. You know, the miracles were a real reason to believe in Jesus. If the miracles weren't real. The disciples would have never followed him. The church would have never started. Um, he would have never been hated, never been crucified. Uh, the miracles had to have been real. The only way he could have done what he did was if he really was God coming to flesh. Amen. I mean, an ordinary man couldn't do anything like Jesus did. Doctors today can't do what Jesus did. Right. Um, you know, there was no bills when Jesus did it. <laughs> um, so the miracles were, were a definite reason to believe in Jesus and the fact that we're still talking about Jesus mm. today. Amen. You know, 2,000 years later, mm-hmm. who else are we talking about that lived back then? Mm-hmm. Who else has impacted the world as much? You know, no one in the entire history of the world has impacted the world as much as Jesus Christ. Amen. And... Um, the apostles and the early church that were willing to die for him. And they wouldn't, that wouldn't have happened 
if mm-hmm. if it was all just sort of something fake or just a story. I mean, they really died. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt of that. Right. And and why would why would anybody hate <laughs> Christians enough to kill them? I mean, this is a huge spiritual battle, and um, it, it just would not have happened. It, it, the whole world just really wouldn't make any sense to me if Jesus Christ really wasn't who he said he was. I mean, it, we just wouldn't have churches anywhere. So that moment of looking those men in the eyes, asking them the question why we believe, and getting blank stares and silence was a major turning point, it sounds like, in your thinking through the ministry the Lord has given you over the years of sharing the gospel as you have really around yeah. the world. Yeah. And um, Billy Graham, I know he, he really intended well, and, and uh, many others who came up with the, the Sinners of Prayer, mm. I know they, they had every bit of good intention. But... Um, I heard a man talking recently uh, hmm. saying that he he had led something like uh, 27, 28 people through that sinner's prayer. Hmm. And now all but one had turned back away from that. The problem is we can say a sinner's prayer mm-hmm. and um, then be convinced that because I said that prayer, mm-hmm. now I deserve to go to heaven. Right. And so our confidence really is in self and not in Christ. And so we really have to to seek a relationship with Jesus Christ. We really have to seek a relationship of absolute dependence upon him, where we're being honest with him and saying, yeah, I don't deserve to go to heaven. And I'm relying completely upon you and your promises and your sacrifice, and not me. So as I've heard you share uh, your understanding of the gospel and these turning points, uh, I'm hearing you declare boldly uh, a complete trust in and dependence on Christ alone to save you from sin. That's right. um, And a calling others to that same kind of dependence. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Come and Reason. This has been the first half of a two-part interview. Please join us again next time as I continue my conversation with David.